Hello, and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm David Brook, hub leader in the Chapelfields Hub Parish. It's Tuesday the 28th of April, and our passage today is Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 22. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? And the reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were travelling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias! He answered, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go into the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me, so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptised, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked his name? And has he not come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? But Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I once preached my way through the whole of the Book of Acts in small chunks at midweek services over a period of about six months. In some weeks the passages felt more substantial than others and today's is one of those um, that handful of truly defining moments in the Book of Acts. The Ascension, Pentecost, the appointment of the deacons, the stoning of Stephen, Peter's vision, the council in Jerusalem, the man of Macedonia, the Philippian jailer, Paul's speech in Athens, the riot in Ephesus. In fact, I'd argue, though, that there are really only three fundamental ones, Pentecost, Peter's vision and this. These are the three that are retold several times in the book of Acts. They are utterly foundational. They're the turning points. The others are decisive moments or moments where things accelerate, but they're not turning points in quite the same way. So I feel like today I've hit the jackpot. And what a cracking story it is. Graphic from the very first words. Vivid, exciting, tense, packed with emotion as much as action and full of shock value. Shock value for Saul, soon to be Paul, as much as for us as readers. Saul is a man out of control of his emotions. His reactions are extreme. You wouldn't want to say the wrong thing to this man. God breathes life by the words from his mouth. Saul breathes death. He breathes threats and murder. His hatred for followers of the way was indiscriminate. He would have taken anyone captive, men, women or children. And when he was struck blind and helpless, he could neither eat nor drink. His reactions were so extreme. What about the reactions of other people in the in the story? Well, his companions were speechless. They were leaderless. They were confused. Suddenly, they were leading Saul, not trailing in his wake. It was an unfamiliar role and strange for them to experience this reversal of positions. When his moment comes, Ananias too displays strong emotions, revulsion and terror. At the heart of things lie not the emotions, though, but sights and sounds and the decisive action of God. A dramatic flashing light and a voice from heaven. The first grabs Saul's attention and the second changes his life forever with a message he couldn't have heard any other way. In the midst of this, Saul loses his sight. Or does he? In the most important sense, he had lost his spiritual sight long before to be replaced by the red mist of anger of a man berserk. Now comes the loss of physical sight, rendering him powerless, defenseless, defenseless and dependent. A loss of physical sight in order that spiritual sight might be restored. What did Jesus say? He, sent, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That was his manifesto. Well, more than in any of the healing miracles, that's exactly what Jesus is doing for Saul in full, point by point, on the Damascus Road. Voices from heaven in the New Testament are always interesting, and we do well to listen to this one, to the voice of compassion, the pained voice of Jesus repeating Saul's name and cutting to the heart of things with that haunting question. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Well, why indeed? 
And then with one of those great but moments, the story turns. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. And Saul goes into the city where God is already speaking to Ananias and telling him, go, for he, that's Saul, is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel. Wow. Wow. God has a purpose even for Saul, his most vicious persecutor. Ananias, obedient to the voice of God, and with eyes open to see what God is doing, the very opposite of Saul, goes. He goes to meet the last man on earth he wants to meet. And he greets them with the compassion of Jesus. The voice of Jesus called out, Saul, Saul. Ananias greets him as brother Saul. Wow again. And then he says, Jesus has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul, the persecutor, is humbled by Jesus, the persecuted. But he doesn't receive condemnation and death, but compassion and healing for his twisted soul and blinded spiritual sight. And he receives too that gift, that precious gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Paul got up and was baptised, presumably by Ananias himself, becoming a true brother to Ananias and every Christian in more than just name. Brother Saul. Wow. Saul, who'd breathed threats and murder, believing himself to have the full authority of the priests, now himself breathes life and words of grace with the full authority of God. The Christians are astounded those who were looking to Saul as their leader were confounded. What a turning point. And so as I finish, I want to encourage you to do something for me. Read the passage again. Acts 9, 1-22. Then find the story of the disciples on the Emmaus road. That's Luke 24, 13-35. Two stories of people on the road whose eyes are opened to the truth about Jesus. They're on different roads, they're journeying for different reasons, but there's an encounter with the compassionate Christ in both, and a moment of revelation in both. It just takes something much more drastic to get through to Paul than it does with Cleopas and his companion. Jesus always does what it takes. Let's end by praying. And together with disciples of Jesus across Wigan, throughout Liverpool Diocese and around the world, we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. God bless you this day.
and in the coming days.